ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Game Chat. Today, I have my co-host here with me, Elite. Elite, say what's up. Hey, what's up, everyone? How are you doing, Mr. Germany? <laughs> and uh, Elite, um, a lot of stuff has been uh, happening in the NFL, you know, especially uh, in the practice, uh, like all of these joint practices going on. I saw the Rams had a practice. And they got into it with the Raiders, and apparently they had to cancel practice because things got too heavy. Did you hear about that? I did. I did. Um, it's funny because I was sitting there thinking about it. Is One of the best clips I ever seen in my lifetime was when DeAndre Hopkins was with the um, Texans, and it's on YouTube. And he got into it with... Uh, I forget who the defensive back was on the Redskins, but he got into it with one of the defensive backs. And it's always going to happen. I think it's passion. I think it's the way the sport's played. Um, but I think it's a little bit out of control with certain people. Um, one of those people also, too, he got ejected from a practice and called out was Antonio Brown um, with the Buccaneers. And as you know, as me as a diehard Steelers fan, me and Antonio have a little history <laughs> um, that he kind of has had a history of kind of doing kind of questionable decisions. Um, I didn't see video from it, so I don't know if it was deserved that he got in it, but I, I heard there was like closed fist hitting. Um, so it's kind of interesting. I also know that when Gruden put the Raiders on the bus, he kind of yelled at him and said, you know, basically said that went off on him saying this is like babyish behavior, et cetera, so forth. So I don't think it's going to stop. I think it's just the way the sport is. Um, when you have grown men pushing people around and hitting people at full speed, um, it literally is kind of the way it is. It's kind of funny is uh, my son had his first scrimmage this, this weekend and, um, his coach was yelling out there, and he's like, I don't care. Just go at full speed. I don't care what you do. I don't care. You see someone, you hit someone. Just go at full speed. <laughs> and I think that that's just the mentality of the sport. So it's interesting when you sit and think about the fights because my understanding is a lot of these guys off the field are friends. So it's kind of interesting. What do you think? Yeah, you brought up Antonio Brown, and uh, Antonio Brown got into it. And then another one recently just happened with the Browns and the Giants wide receivers, Sterling Shepard, and I think corner Troy Hill, they got their, they got into it. And I was just watching hard knocks and that's what, you know, the, the voiceover guy, that's what he talks about. He's like, you know, this is the first time because the Cowboys had a joint practice with the Rams. He's like, this is the first time, you know, they actually get to hit somebody that's not their teammate. So they're going to go at it. It's weird because like, I, I played football all through high school, um, and I think that I think part of it too is when you get out there, your first scrimmage, your first live hits. I don't care if you've been playing for twenty years, ten years, one year. It's not natural to be hit by anybody, and I think that it's a situation of. When you take those first hits, there's just so much anxiety and just pumped up that 
maybe you just tweaked a little bit too much and then you calm down after those first couple hits, after those first couple practices of live practice. So I think that's some of it too, is that they're just kind of getting it out and actually getting their frustrations out. And then it's not really at the person. It just happens to be they're wearing a different color jersey, different color laundry than they are. Like you said, you know, you know, it's just tension that's built up and because they can't take it out on their own teammates. And like perfect example recently, what just happened was that Carolina Panthers guy. Did you hear about that? Or they drafted him, and then he—I think he gave another dude a concussion because he went helmet to helmet, and he got cut the next day or the same day. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't hear about that. I'm sure that I'm surprised that Jack didn't tell me about that. But it's it's it happened it's, like, or like first day of practice, I think. And you know, it's it's funny, is because it's it's when I look at the league this year. So it was kind of interesting on Hard Knocks. It was the first time I ever seen this. But on hard knocks, did you notice they had referees at like a practice, like NFL refs? Yeah. And so I thought that was kind of interesting. I didn't know that they went around to camps and whatever. I know that they will go around to camps. So like at the beginning of the season, they send a referee to every camp and they talk about rule changes and they explain the rule changes and what they're going to call and et cetera, so forth. And so this year, it's kind of ironic is the NFL, I think, is going back to the no fun league. So it's an automatic 15 yards for any taunting. So, like, if you sack somebody and you get up and you do your sack dance or you uh, score a touchdown and you and you kind of just look back at the guy, which you kind of already got called before, but, like, anything, like a big lick on somebody and you kind of – that's 15 yards now. And it's kind of funny when I sit and think about it is the NFL is kind of constantly trying to make this league where it's all about – them saying you can't do this you can't do that you can't do this and i think that's kind of funny is why every couple of years we have this conversation like when there was the american football league or whatever they called that one that they that they had a couple of years ago remember they had like three leagues a couple of years ago and then covid happened and it kind of killed a bunch of stuff but those leagues were kind of fun to watch because I know personally for me, I like to see a little bit of the taunting, not being rude, but like you think about a defensive player. So you play defense, you play defensive end. You kind of have the loneliest position in the world, really. And the only thing you get to do, unless you can get a fumble and run it back for a distance, is a sack. That's like your touchdown. And now they're saying they can't do a a sack dance. But they're not, they're not saying, oh, you can't do a touchdown celebration. You're still allowed to do a touchdown celebration, but you can't do the sack dance because it's taunting. And who is that protecting? Why are they making another rule in the NFL of, oh, my God, let's, 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 let's take care of these fragile quarterbacks. We don't want to mess with their egos or anything. And there was a guy, look it up sometime for all you younger people out there. Look up a gentleman named Mark Gastineau. From the New York Jets. He's the first guy I can remember. He used to have a sack dance. And he was like the first guy to really do it. And he's kind of famous for it. But I don't know. The NFL is going to be interesting this year. I also don't agree with the the sack rules. I'm not sack rules. The celebration rules. It's just no fun league again. I mean, not necessary. Like Like they still don't know what it catches. But let's implement, you know, a no celebration rule. 
And oh, we know it's it's a, it's a catch if the Patriots catch it, or if certain teams catch it. But if the Packers or the Steelers catch it, it's not a catch. That that's I guess the rule. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another thing I want to talk about uh, is two uh, big cuts that came out of the league recently. Uh, first cut before we get into the big one is I want to talk about Detroit Lions place kicker Dan Molbach. I think, I believe I'm saying his name right. Yeah. And then, so he's been the place, not place kicker, long snapper. So he's been the long snapper for Lions for 18 years. And he got, yeah, and dude got cut on his 40th birthday. And I was watching Pat McAfee's show because they have a Lions guy. They have like a Lions guy in the crew. And he's like, yeah, he said, Jared Goff literally came in the locker room that morning, wished him a happy birthday, and then got called in the office and told, you know, you got cut. And then, but I just, I don't understand, like, I mean, if he's still good, then let him do it, you know? I mean, it's like, it's not a skill position. It's like, can you block? Can you, you know, long snap? Yeah. All right. You know, let's keep doing it. Well, it's it's kind of funny is I'm going to make an argument with you. I think it is a skilled position. Um, there's very few people that can long snap a ball consistently with accuracy. Try to, try to snap a ball 15 yards behind you, lift your head up, and block a 300-pound guy coming at you within a matter of half a second. It's a pretty small list that can do it. Um, I think it's shitty timing. Now, that being said, in all honesty... They can't control when his birthday is. Cut days are cut days. You know what I'm saying? The calendar moves. So I don't really give him a lot of shit for that. But it's it's interesting to see the longevity these people are having, though. Like, I was thinking, you, may, you know, you, we were talking about that in pre-production, and he said that the only name I can really think about is Adam Vinatieri. Adam Vinatieri had one job, kick a ball. Long, long distance through with the uprights. God, I don't know how old he was when he left, but I, gosh, I want to think he was in his, you know, mid forties, maybe. Um, it just like it feels like he was there a really long time. Like I saw this guy start out with the Patriots with black hair, and he left with gray hair <laughs> when he left the Colts. So it just to me, I just want to interrupt real quick. I think he was around forty six, forty seven, the last time yeah. he was in the league. So it's just amazing to me, the longevity. And, I mean, now you look at, like, Tom Brady, I think, 42 this year, 43. Um, so it's it's definitely different. I don't think that guy at 40 years old would be picked up by anybody, which kind of sucks. But he had 18-year career in the league that is now, on average, is only a three-year career to play in the league. So, I mean, he's got his pension. He's got a lot to go with it. Um, hopefully he made some money. I really don't know what play, you know long snappers make i'm sure he made league minimum at least if, if not more um so it's kind of tough who's the other cut who's the big cut you're telling me well i just want to add one more thing because it's 18 because it's 18 years with one team and that was the lines and he was the that long sucks. snapper when the head coach was a player their new head coach was a player and then i feel like if like you said like adam Vinatieri, we're not going to have you do kickoffs. We're just going to have, can you kick a ball at least 55 yards or 50 yards, make a field goal 50 yards, you know what I mean? Then, you know, you can keep your position. And if he can still keep doing it consistently, I mean, I understand. The big 
the big name that got cut was Mr. Tim Tebow. Apparently, the Tim Tebow experiment did not work out in Duval. Don, I just looked it up. Don Malbec is a two-time Pro Bowler. Last time he was in the Pro Bowl was 2018. He actually was drafted by the Ravens and then went to the Lions in 2004. Um, but, yeah, he forced one fumble, played 260 games, and had 26 tackles for a long snapper. Good for you, guy. Um, and hand. He went to Texas A&M. <laughs> so that's kind of funny. Um, wow. That's okay. Sorry. I was trying to see what he made salary wise. So Tim Tebow. Yeah. Big cut. Big cut. The experiment's done. Um, what's your opinion? I think it's very unfortunate. You know, I mean, like, like he went from quarterback to tight end, which a lot of people don't do like a lot of people want to come back as the same position i think the only time we'll do that is like maybe you know early sometimes like like julian Edelman was quarterback and then he became wide receiver or some people were quarterbacks in tight and then they go to tight ends and then but T, you know tebow he bulked up you know he, like he looked huge you know he was he was committed and like the way he like tried to block like he didn't put hands on him. He always used like the shoulder because you're not gonna get called. That's what they probably told him. It's like you're not gonna get called for a shoulder, you know. Like so, watch it with the hands. And then you know, unfortunately, you know, he had a catch in practice. He had a touchdown catch in practice, but nothing in the preseason game. I would like to see maybe one more week with them, but unfortunately, he got cut. I think that you know it's kind of ironic, is. So first of all, the greatest person to ever change positions in the history of the NFL, in my opinion, was Heinz Ward. Heinz Ward was a quarterback at UGA, and he became a wide receiver in the league. Um, but Tim Tebow, you say that blocking with the shoulder, I don't think anybody told him to block with the shoulder. I think he didn't know how to block. He didn't know how to do a, a you know a snap block. He did not know how to do standard blocking, and I think that's like I saw one play where he basically just spun a guy around. Yeah, it worked, and I think he dropped the shoulder because he was still kind of playing that position like he did when he ran as a quarterback. I thought it was kind of neat they brought Tebow back. I thought they brought Tebow back more for locker room presence than they did for playing, but. Tim Tebow, to me, one of the nicest guys in the world. Personally met the man. Super nice. Um, but I think he's also kind of selfish, if that makes any sense. And maybe that's not the right word. If he would have came in the league and he would have been a fullback from day one, Tim Tebow would probably be in the league still. But he insisted on being a quarterback. That's why he dropped. Um, and he was not a good quarterback in the league. He just wasn't a good quarterback. You know, there's, there's people that transition from college to the pros and it just doesn't translate. There's a different, it's a different game in college, especially in the sec than it is playing in the NFL. And it's, it's, you have very few quarterbacks that come out. It's funny. It's like right now, 
I'm seeing a lot of Mac Jones um, play for Alabama, national championship, blah, blah, blah. And it's kind of strange because he actually can throw the ball fairly well, which is kind of weird because Nick Saban isn't really stereotypically strong quarterbacks, in my opinion, like the guys that come out. They're good quarterbacks, but he's really relies heavily on a running game. Think about the running backs he's had there. And so I think Tebow survived in college because he was such a great runner and so big. And I'll tell, put this up pound for pound with anybody. Tim Tebow's the only guy in my lifetime who almost won two Heismans. He was a finalist three times. And I think personally, he's probably the best college football player I've ever seen in my life. Now, NFL, it didn't translate. It happens. Um, but I think it was decent that Urban Meyer gave him a chance. It was weird. You started to hear a lot of stories come out, though, that people in Florida, like his teammates in Florida, really didn't like him. But I thought what was also interesting is those are the same. A lot of those teammates he had in Florida were a lot of people that had questionable behavior in their careers. Like, don't forget that dude played with Aaron Hernandez. Uh, so take that with a grain of salt is maybe he was just a little bit in his faith and just kind of lived a different life you know but here's a history fact for everybody out there do you know who tim tebow won his first championship run with the university of florida do you know who his backup quarterback was uh cam newton cameron jarrell newton so Cam Newton actually has two championship rings, one with Auburn and one with University of Florida, which I think is hilarious. Um, and Cam Newton also won one at JUCO, too. So he, he's won at every level except the NFL. We'll see. I know that he's going back to that job he had at the SEC Network. So he's, he, I mean, he's, he, it's not like he's going to be crying for food. So he's going to be doing the SEC thing, which I think is probably a better place for him anyway. It's it's weird because we'll start to see, I think, this, this week. Cut list will come out this week. Um, this should be the final cuts. I think they got to be down to the 53 by the end of this week because next week is start of the season, yes? Uh, I think it's one last week of preseason. So it's like I'm so lost because Pittsburgh had that extra game and now Pittsburgh's played three. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm so lost because they had that game against the Cowboys. So they actually had a fourth game this year. Um, but it, it's interesting. It's interesting to see how's uh how's your how's your team doing, Bruner? What do you think? Uh, well, uh, Jordan Love got hurt, and um, so we had to sign another uh quarterback. And yeah, there's a video of the Jets Packers joint practice, and you know. And like they showed Aaron Rodgers talking to Zach Wilson, and Jordan Love was there too, and it wasn't even in pads at practice. So, so I, I, you know, I don't want to go in, I don't want to go big into Jordan Love talk, but I don't know. Well, I think that experiment might might work itself out, but just think if, let's just say hypothetically, Aaron Hernan, Aaron Rodgers got that uh, Jeopardy gig. 
and decided to say, screw this, I'm done with the NFL, where would they be right now? Yeah, exactly. And I, I think the guy, I think the guy has, I think Jordan Love has some availability issues. Is is my opinion. They said that when he threw first preseason game, they said that was his first pass or something in like twenty months. It was some ungodly number, and I was like, that's just crazy to me. Um, Steelers played last night, and. Big Ben looked good. Big Ben looked good. Big Ben, I don't know. Have you seen Big Ben lately? Uh, no. Looks like he lost about 30 pounds. Um, I mean, he looks really good, and he is throwing the rock around. But the person who I'm really kind of impressed with, the guy who I probably talked the most crap about, Dwayne Haskins, is actually looking really good. I think maybe I love Ron Rivera as a coach. You know, Panthers is my number two team. And I thought he, I really liked him as a coach, but I don't know if it was necessarily a right fit for him with Dwayne Haskins, where I think that Mike Tomlin, because he's really kind of a player's coach, I think really seems to be a good fit, and they're working with him. And maybe he needed that mentorship from a former big-name quarterback like Big Ben. Yeah, Joe Hayden recently said in an interview, because he was asked, how does you know Ben's arm look? And he said, looks he looks really good. You know, it took a lot of time off uh, to rest the arm, and it looks really good. Yeah, and I, I think it's true, and I think it's one more year of Mapletron, um, you know, Chase Claypool. I think he's going to get better. Um, I think that I'm not impressed with Juju doing his stupid TikTok dances already, um, but. He can catch a ball. So it's interesting to see what happens with and the guy I'm excited to see, Najee Harris, coming out of the backfield. I mean, Pittsburgh, historically, our best years was the ground and pound, man. That's, what that, that's who we are. And now we have a guy who can do that. Um, I don't think that Connors was the guy. I think that Connors was good that first year, but I don't think that he had – that wasn't him. He's more of the break kind of guy, and we really haven't had that since – I wouldn't even say Le'Veon Bell was a grounded pounder. The last guy we had that was with D'Angelo Williams. He was the grinder. Um, Le'Veon Bell was much more of a finesse runner, and he was pure speed. So we'll see. I, I It's exciting. Um who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl, Brune? I don't know. So, Brune, did you also hear about the other big piece of news? What's that, Elite? Somebody just got a pretty big injury. Who's that? Did you hear about A.J. McCarron? No, I did not. Speaking of former Alabama quarterbacks, um, I think he blew out his ACL and his MCL today, or maybe it was just his ACL. And he was actually, I think, fighting for a starting position. Um, and unfortunately, his career is done. But just kind of funny because I just thought about that when we were talking about Alabama quarterbacks. But there is another big piece of news in the NFL now. Mm-hmm. Did you hear about the Washington, formerly known as the Redskins, now known as the football team? <laughs> yes. 
so the news is that uh, three names have been decided as the finalist, and of eight names were released. And out of these eight names, three have been listed as the finalists. And let me read these eight names to you, Elite, and then we can go. You can tell me what out of these, what do you think is your favorite, and maybe what might be the final one. So the first name is the Washington Armada, then the Washington Brigade, the Washington Commanders, the Washington Defenders, which is, I kind of like that, the D.C. Defenders maybe, uh, the Washington Presidents, the Washington Red Hogs, the Washington Red Wolves, or classic fan favorite, the Washington football team. So, for me, is I think there should be a ninth team put on, ninth name, and out of the names they chose, I'd probably go the Red Hogs, and I'll get to your reason why in a second, but the name I think they should give consideration to is the Senators, um, because there was an MLB team for years called the Washington Senators, and it just kind of fits with it. I do like that when you said that the D.C. Defenders, just because it, but then it starts to sound a little bit like D.C. United, their soccer team. Yeah. So it just kind of because they're no, they're never been known as DC. You know, well, what I I'm mean, saying? I threw in DC because it, it will be Washington Defenders, but probably right. the fans will call them DC Defenders. You know what I mean? But to me, is I, it's it just me. They've always just been Washington. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just like it's just like when the Bullets. I mean, when the Wizards were the Bullets, they were always Washington. They were never called DC. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's just so. Um, but the reason I chose the Red Hogs is because for years. That used to be the nickname for their offensive line was the Hogs. Mm -hmm. And so I think it pays homage to the old team, the Redskins, but still happens to have, you know, the name that doesn't offend people. And to be honest with you, I personally think they're doing the right thing by changing the name. You know, um, another thing just recently happened in the past for three three months or so, two months maybe, the uh, Cleveland Indians changed their name to the Cleveland Guardians starting next season. So I think it's right. I think it's it's a point where you know it's kind of ironic. My high school team was the Redskins. Um, so for me, I was played on a team that was the Redskins for years, and it's now now they call themselves the Spartans because they changed their name. And I I think you'd be hard pressed to find any school teams, pro teams. It's just, is it politically correct? Yes, but why should we offend any group of people? We want to include everybody. I think it makes sense. I think it, it's about time. And football team is just dumb. It just doesn't. It feels like they don't have an identity. And I felt like they played that way last year, like they had no identity. Um, Red Hawks for me. How about you, Brun? I think I think out of the three finalists. I maybe Red Hogs, but I personally like Red Wolves. I for sure think that uh, that the the football team is a finalist because it worked well last year. So I don't want them to be the football team anymore because that's such like a stereotypical like you know you ask you know a girl who doesn't know anything about football. It's like oh, what's your favorite team? And they'd be like oh, football team. My that's my favorite football team. So. It's so I think Red Wolves it would tie in, and I've seen like because remember their old logo used to be like an R with like a feather, 
And then so some people have been like, you know, they would go in Photoshop instead of putting the feather, like they would put like a wolf's tail. So I'm like, yeah. you know, I'm like, I, I feel like it looks better there. I also like I remember the old names that were thrown around, um, like which call it, like another the, one, the uh, interesting tails. one, <laughs> no, uh, was the DCFC, so the DC Football Club, which I'm like that sounds like a soccer team, you know what I mean? The That's totally club. a soccer team, yeah. And it's but there was a they did throw around the Red Tails, and yeah, that to me, and that made sense to me because. Uh, it paid homage to the Tuskegee Airmen. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what they called the. They were their planes had a red tail, so I thought that was kind of cool. Um, it's going to be interesting to see just in general what what they do, and I think they'll be the first to do it. And then the question will be, I think everybody pro team wise at that point has changed their name from something offensive. The one that I think is still kind of like questionable in sports is there's two teams that still do the tomahawk chop, the Braves and the Seminoles, and Florida uh, State, the Chiefs. They go. Oh, and the Chiefs do it too. And I, I wonder if they'll get make that kind of go away. But I, it'd be really hard to make the fans stop doing something, you know. Um, but it's interesting. It's interesting. I think, though, I can't think of anybody that has an offensive name anymore after that. Um, I think they're all been changed. Um, I, I want to bring up real quick because I, I talked a while back. I talked to our mutual friend uh, Josh, and we. I asked him. I said, "We're like, you know, do you think, you know, because the former Redskin logo was a Native American on it, right?" And I'm saying is, do you think if they just stuck with their old logo, remember it was just an R? Like, do you think maybe it would have lasted a little bit longer? Because so, I, I think of Kansas City, because their name is the Chiefs, like an Indian chief, a Native American chief. But, like, they have, like, there's nothing offensive on it. Like, it's just KC and then an arrowhead. You know what I mean? And they're still here. So, I think the difference is, I think the difference is, so the logo of the Redskins, the chief with the, like, the with the hair, that was my high school logo. <laughs> our helmets literally look just like the washington redskins uh except they were we were really red as opposed to the maroon that they are um i think the difference is the word redskins yeah like that's like basically to an a native american that's like the n-word to a black person are you know some of these nasty words that uh for other races and i think that's really where they they cross the line um, I think they could have went with something along the lines of the Washington Native Americans or some the or Washington the indigenous people are, you know what I'm saying, and been fine with it and kept the the imagery. But it's kind of funny you say that because, like, you're, you're saying, oh, do you remember this logo? To me, that's like the new logo because I'm old enough to remember the old logo and I still have, like, uh, a, a, a pennant of the old logo where it was basically the uh the spear with the uh tails coming off of it. So yeah. It, I think it's about time. I really do, especially for the nation's capital. You can't have a team with a bad name like that. It just I'm surprised it lasted this long. And but it's weird. I don't know if I don't know if Native Americans have a problem with like say the Braves and Chiefs. Maybe they do. You know, maybe they do, and just like 
maybe just stay away from groups of people's names. Like it just like it's it's I don't know. You don't hear like it that's kind of a weird thing anyway to be calling teams after a race of people anyway. Just kind of weird. Yeah, very questionable. All right. Let's talk let's get into a new topic. So it is currently uh NBA uh free agency season right now and a lot of moves have been made recently and I'm not gonna go down the whole thirty NBA team roster. I'm just gonna talk about some some big names and uh I want you to give me a grade uh on this uh move. How does that sound? Okay. Let's see what we got so, here. We're going to start with the first one. We're going to start with the Chicago Bulls. So the Bulls, in free, agency, in, in Bulls free agency, <laughs> they required some three big names. DeMar DeRozan from a sign-in trade, uh, free agent point guard Alex Caruso, and free agent Lonzo Ball. Now, Elite, what would you grade this move? Well, I think I'd have to go individually. I think anybody who gets DeMar DeRozan, that's an A. I think DeMar DeRozan is arguably one of, you know, the way I look at NBA is NBA is kind of a weird sport is I look at there's like this ring of superstars, which is maybe about eight people, 10 people. And then there's this role of stars and they're probably about 30 people. And I think DeMar DeRozan falls in that 30 people. I think he's, Mm -hmm. if I listed out my active roster, DeMar DeRozan might be my number 12th or 15th person in the league. Um, But I think that because he was in Toronto and he was in San Antonio, I think a lot of people just don't really know the name. Um, He wasn't really in a big market. So I'm going to say that's an A. Caruso is an interesting guy. Um, I give him a lot of respect because I feel like he was the Band-Aid guy for the Lakers. Mm He if I'm not mistaken, he started playing with Kobe. And uh, then, I, I'm pretty sure he was on the roster. But like you said, I have a lot of respect for him too because he bounced around the G League a lot. Yeah. And so he, he climbed he climbed his way into uh, And then the he Lakers. was like there for those really bad years. Like he was like pretty much the only guy. Like remember when Ball was there and it was Ball and Caruso, uh, Ingram, and it was like – so he was like it. And – the guy looks like he's 40 years old with his hairline, <laughs> but I think he's like 25 um, and <laughs> might be might be a little bit older. I'm going to probably give him a B um, just because I it'd be interesting to see what he could do. Now, Lonzo Ball is the interesting one to me. Is Lonzo Ball, I'm going to give a B plus because I still think Lonzo Ball to me is I want to see where he's going to be in two or three years. I think he's still growing. Like He had a lot of growth in New Orleans from where he was in the Lakers, and I think New Orleans is a better fit for him. And I'm going to be interested to see where he's going to do with his point guard duties in Chicago. But the problem that all three of these have is I'm going to call it, as I see it, the Chicago organization is just a tough place to play because everybody thinks they they had so much success with Michael Jordan and then Derrick Rose had a little bit of success there 
but really it's always been a dog franchise. And but they think they're going to go back to those glory days of MJ, so there's a lot of pressure under these guys, and it'd be nice to see them do that, but let's see what happens, but that that's my grades. What do you think, Brune? I I give the overall grade all these 3 a C because DeRozan, like you said, really good player, great move for the Chicago Bulls. Uh, Alex Caruso and Lonzo Ball, those guys are both point guards. So I don't understand why sign two point guards. And the Chicago Bulls already have uh, a point guard in Kobe White, who's the kid they just drafted from North Carolina. And Yeah, he, I think you know, they're going to make him a shooting guard. Cody White's going to become a shooting guard. Well, because uh, Zach Levine's already a shooting guard. That's their dude. That's yeah, what they're I, trying to build around. I think the way that basketball goes now is I think they changed the whole rules about three years ago at the Lakers when they started having LeBron James play point. I think they're just going to put best five on the court and see what happens. So Zach Levine is big enough that he could play a forward position. He's not a small guy. So you could put him as a forward with DeRozan, and then I don't know who they're running as a big man right now. But maybe they just run small with, you know, three guards and two forwards. But it's 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 interesting to see because I think that's that's the route they're gonna go. But I don't know. It's it's. I think that's the way basketball is in general now. So, they're running. They got Vujovic, the guy from Orlando, who somehow yep. makes All Star rosters, even though it's Orlando, and. I just think, you know, it was, you know, getting extra point guard. I, I just think it was a bad idea. And Lonzo Ball, um, he, he for the first couple, three years, he didn't act like a second overall draft pick. No. You know, he's. Well, I think a I, lot of hype was around his name, though. I think yeah. a lot of hype was around his name. And don't forget the year he came out of the draft at number two was probably the weakest draft class in the last 25 years from college basketball. That was the year that everybody said it was just, sh- it was a shit class. Uh, yeah, but it's like they drafted him over, they drafted Lonzo Ball over Jason Tatum. You know that? Yeah. Because Markel yeah. won one, Ball won two, and Tatum won three. So think think about that draft. Let's go back to that draft. Hindsight being what it is. I love these things of like, hey, what if we redrafted now? Redrafted now, absolutely number one draft pick in that in that draft right now would be Jason Tatum going to the Philadelphia 76ers. Without a doubt in the mind, right? Number two, who are you gonna take? Lonzo Ball probably goes right where he is. Lonzo Ball probably still goes right where he is to the Lakers at two. Because of don't forget, you still have to put in all the hype of who he was, L.A. kid, blah, blah, blah. Fultz, I don't even know if Fultz would be in the top 10. He might end up going down as one of the biggest draft busts, yeah? I mean, oh, what, yeah. what what year was that? You're looking it up right it, now, right? It, it was the 17 draft. Okay, so who, who else was on that draft? Uh, Donovan Mitchell. Oh, shoot. Donovan Mitchell would probably – Donovan Mitchell would go above ball. ball. Okay, so I'm pulling it up right now. Yeah. So it was Markel went one, Lonzo went two, Tatum went three, Josh Jackson. Darren Fox is a really good player. Really De'Aaron good Fox player. would go before Ball. Yeah. Zach uh, Collins would probably go before Ball at ten. Bam Adebayo. Bam Adebayo would go for him. I'm looking right through it right now. Kuzma. 
would probably go before him. Uh, Kuzma, wow, Kuzma was drafted all the way to 27. Wow. Okay, so what I just want to say real quick is, I to me, I don't know, I, I, like Lonzo Ball was a bust. He's still trying to figure out his identity as a player. Um, it took him three years to develop um, a shooting form, a shooting technique, because he struggled so much. It's just that I, I wouldn't have paid him that much money. I wouldn't have paid him that much money, but I think that's just the part of it right now. This is the part that I have an issue with Bruner, with the NBA in general, is it's stupid money these guys make. I mean, literally, I saw a guy like on TikTok today, and I forget who it was, but he said there's not even 50 people in the league right now that were, out of the 200 players in the league that would play in the 80s. And I could see that. Honestly, I could see that. I think benches were better then. I think benches... I mean, you think about like 86 championship, 86 championship. That Boston Celtics seems arguably supposedly one of the best teams ever put together, right? You had the big three. Do you know the sixth man coming off the first man coming off the bench was? Who? Bill Walton. Yeah. Hall of Famer, Bill Walton. Sixth man. So think about like some of these six men that are walking up off these benches that are like, who the? You just know when they, then that guy comes in. You're gonna you're gonna you you're gonna have a five point deficit coming back in when you're when you're five get back on the court you know so it's it's funny even think back to your Spurs teams let's go back to the Spurs of the '90s early 2000s so think about when they drafted Kawhi Leonard did Kawhi start immediately uh I I think so because yeah because we were lacking in the small forward position. Because we, because okay. our team was point guard Tony Parker, shooting guard Manu, we really didn't have small forward. That's why power forward was Timmy Duncan. Center was who was your and whoever was at the time. Whether okay, it was Tiago Splitter or whatever. So when you think about that, though, but you think about like sixth man, seventh man on that team, they had to be pretty deep. Yeah, and that's why the that's why they won championships. And literally, I can sit here. Like, you want to talk about free agency signings. Uh, let's talk about Marcus Smart. Was Marcus Smart worth the money that he just signed for? No. All you see up here in New England is absolutely, absolutely. I don't think so. I mean, the guy is, the guy is versatile. He can play three different positions on the court. I'll give him that. But it's interesting to see. Like, Boston, to me, I still feel like is one superstar away from winning. Yeah. They're one superstar away from winning. They have no chance of winning against a Brooklyn who's in their division. They're going to see a million times with Tatum, Brown, Smart, Cantor. They just picked back up. They got Horford so back. They got Al Horford back. Now that's that's because picked of a love Dennis of Al Schroeder. Horford, and they picked up Schroeder. So so they got so Schroeder's going to be play the point guard. They're going to have Horford in. Power forward, he's going to play the PF. They're going to have uh, guard. The the shooting guard is going to be Tatum. Maybe they're going to have Tatum actually move him over to a small forward, and then have Brown as a as a shooting a shooting guard, mm-hmm. and then Cantor. And then I don't think Cantor is going to be the everyday starter. So why'd you pay Smart all this money when I don't even see him as a starter on the team? I yeah. literally just named five guys ahead of him, possibly yeah. six. 
and you just paid him you. so much money. <laughs> you know, and everybody in New England, everybody in Boston, because that's that's where I where I, I'm out of that region. Everybody up here, all they want to see is Taco Fall. All that you ever hear when you go to a Celtics game is Taco Taco. So they brought cancer in, I think, to school up Taco because they have a really good relationship. So maybe we'll start to see some minutes with Taco because his contract's coming up at the end of this year. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't know. So that's that's one. This. So we mentioned uh, they got Schroeder and cancer. Like, what would you say? What would you grade that? I'm gonna give both those an A. Yeah, I think I think an A. I I think Canner even just because if he can come in and help Taco, you can't teach size. And if they could teach, if Taco could put some size on, like weight, and learn how to move around better, the guy definitely can block block shots. He's good at the block part. He has actually some trouble rebounding, which is kind of weird with his size. Like he needs to learn how to control the paint. And I think that's what Cantor does very well. So I'll give that an A. And I, dude, I'm sitting here scratching my head and be like, when was the last time Boston had a real, real point guard that wanted to be there? So take Kyrie out because he didn't want to be there. Sad. And, and I think we're going to have to go back to, believe it or not, the guy who I despise yep. in Rajon Rondo. And yeah. which is interesting because he just got traded. Yeah, you we could go. That, right? Yeah, we could go into Rondo talk in a later time, but let's move on uh, to the Knicks, the New York Knicks. The Knicks Big. have signed oh. f- former free former Celtic players Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier. What, yep. what would, would you grade? Uh, those um, moves? they also got. They also went and got. Uh, they just went and got two. Um, let me look it up real quick. They, I forget the other person. Knicks. Well, you're looking that up. I'm gonna say I'm gonna give that. Both those two and A, uh, very Kemba is a good player. You know, I wish he would have had time more in Boston. F. Fournier is a good player. He balled out in the Olympics, and you know, I kind of wish Celtics would have signed him. And but you know, it's a good move for the Knicks. And they said that like Kemba Walker voided like twenty million dollars for playing with the Thunder, and I'm like, yeah, because you know what the Thunder roster consists of right now bunch of 20-year-old kids and half of those 20-year-olds are European players because the Thunder has so many draft picks and that's all the team is. So Kemba's like, I'm not going to play on the team with these kids, you know what I mean? I'm going to go play somewhere I want to. And there's, again, nothing in Oklahoma City. So they they signed, they re-signed Julius Randle Which, to a $117 million dollar extension. Stupid. Okay. They I think they also re-signed Derrick Rose. Yeah, they did. To a three year. Okay. Which was good. They got Fournier. They got Kemba. And then they put a two way contract on that guy who is he's decent and he kind of keeps uh his uh his name's Jericho Sims. Mm-hmm. And he was a good college player. And they also signed Quentin Grimes to a rookie scale contract. So, don't know if you know this, Bruner, but in the 1990s, my team was the Knicks. Really? I was a huge Knicks fan, dude. I was a huge Pat Ewing fan. And so, literally, Johnny Starks, Pat Ewing, Charles Oakley, I mean, that team was just, to me, if it wasn't for the Bulls, 
that team would have probably had three or four championships. Okay. They had they had to run into the Bulls way too many times, and then the one chance they got to go was one of the losses to Houston when Houston won when they had the super team with Clyde the Glide Drexler and uh, and Akeem Olajuwon when Olajuwon won an MVP. So it it is what it is. But when I sit back and look at the Knicks, I so desperately want the Knicks to be good. I just want them to be good. Because they've been kind of the joke of basketball for kind of a storied franchise, which I've always questioned why they're such a storied franchise. But they've been a joke. So as long as they're good and make the playoffs and have a deep run, I think that's a win for them. They're another team again. They're one or two superstars away from winning a championship. That's not a championship team. But for them, I'm going to give them a B on their signings because I think it's going to help the team well-roundedly. I think you're going to have Derrick Rose start. I think you're going to have Randall, who's a good player. Um, I know you don't like him, but I think he's a good player. I think you're at, you hit the nail on the head with Kemba. Kemba was phenomenal in North Carolina. He just wasn't a right fit for Boston. Now, that being said, I kind of sit and question – Maybe he's not a big market player. Some guys just are not good in big markets, and I kind of wonder if he's that kind of guy. The other guy that, um, Fournier, he had moments in Boston that were really good, and then, like you said, he went off in the Olympics. Um, So we'll have to see, but it's the Knicks. We'll see. You know, it's the Knicks. But just for the facts... That's not the Mecca of basketball, people. The Mecca of basketball, the real garden, is in Boston, where they have where they have seventeen banners hanging up. Just in case you're wondering. Okay, so uh, let's let's slowly start to wrap this up by looking at the last team who had some moves, and that's the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, so, okay. So who the Lakers get? So the Lakers they signed Dwight Howard. They brought him back. They got Trevor Reza. Malik Monk, a Carmelo Anthony from, uh, I'm sorry, Carmelo Anthony and Russell Westbrook from a trade. So how do you grade that move from the Lakers head office? I'm going to seal the line that I heard, and I forget who it was. If you give me a second, I can tell you. That's a great lineup if you want to have the 2010 All-Star team. The average age of that team right now is 33, 34 years old. The average player on the Lakers is 33, 34 years old. Carmelo Anthony looked great in Portland, but he played limited minutes. I just want to say something real quick. I think because you said the average age is 33. I think currently in Boston, the average age is like 26, 27. And it's, it's, it's just... You're going to see players, in my opinion, you know, LeBron's trying to pump himself up because for the first time ever they did this poll, who's the best player in the world or whatever, and he got zero votes of active active players in the NBA. Um, That crown is now going over to Kevin Durant. Everybody knows that KD is the best player in the league. And 
So he's pissed off about that. And so it's literally you're starting to see these memes now. Like even Stephen A. Smith is starting to turn on LeBron. And are like, oh, we're going to hear him again about this is where it's going to pump him up. And this, LeBron's done. Okay. LeBron James, I don't know how old he is. I know he's like in his late 30s, I think. So isn't Carmelo. They came in together. But what people don't realize is he's been playing since he was 18 years old in the NBA. That's a lot of mileage on him. It's a lot of mileage on Carmelo. And God, do I wish Carmelo could get a ring. I Honestly, I do. And I really wouldn't care if the Lakers got that 18th ring with Carmelo because I'd be happy for Carmelo. The one guy I don't want to see ever win any hardware is Russell Westbrook. Agree. Um, I hate that guy as a player. I hate him. I think he is a stat hog. I think that he is a person that doesn't care about his play- teammates. Anybody that who's arguably got to play with two of the best players ever to strap on sneakers and step on a court, and both those dudes were like, I want out of here, he's a cancer. Yeah. And Kevin Durant didn't want to play with him. That's why he left. James Harden didn't want to play with him. That's why he left. Um, who was the dude? Chris Paul has has made comments yeah, about Chris, him. Uh, Paul George. And Paul George, but Chris Paul also made comments yeah. about him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Chris pa- uh, Paul George didn't want to play with him. I mean, the laundry list. Paul George literally went to the Clippers with Kawhi Leonard, knowing that, okay, we're only going to have two greats. I mean, I, I, I hate to say this in front of Bruner, that league of like six people that are super superstars, Kawhi Leonard's one of them. <laughs> and Paul yeah. George is in that next ring. Pretty close. He's probably in my top 11 players in the league. And he was like, I'm going to leave this guy because he's a cancer. And I don't want to hear one more time about, well, he, you know, he, his triple doubles. He padded those so many times. He boxed out his own teammates to get rebounds because he cares more about him as a person and his numbers than he does his team. I'm going to give that a total, probably a D, D minus. Trevor Ariza? Dude, I didn't even know he was still in the friggin' league. <laughs> exactly. I thought he was done five years ago. I, 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 and then I just, I, yeah, I think that was a horrible, horrible signings all the way around. And it's funny is that anybody who wants to know about Kevin Durant, the thing I love about Kevin Durant is he's starting to get comfortable enough with himself and about who he is that he's almost having this like give an F attitude to a lot of things. And he's starting to say what he really feels about certain things. And he actually just had this really great podcast moment. Give a shout out to Draymond Green, the chat. And he kind of told why he left Golden State and why he left OKC to go to Golden State. So it's right from his mouth. And I think everybody should go check that out. 
Okay, so yeah, I'll I'll let you continue on uh, with the Draymond Green podcast and what Kevin Durant said, but I just want to quickly say, I also I give this yeah a, a C minus to D, you know, I want to see Carmelo win. I do not like Russell Westbrook, you know, like like you were completely right, and you know what does it tell you when you drive out, you know, two superstars, you know, from your team. Arguably one of the best players ever to play the game, Kevin Durant. Yeah, like I mean, literally, it's. There was a point, like I saw a video of Kevin Durant and Russ Westbrook, like working out early in their lives. Like he went out and saw Russ out in California, and they were like running up a mountain together and stuff, and they like were intense. And then, like Kevin Durant's probably the most simple dude. Like Kevin, okay. In all fairness, Kevin Durant's my favorite player in the league. I'll start by saying that. Um, but in all fairness, like he's a simple dude. Like if you go into his apartment, wherever he's at, he's got like a PlayStation, an Xbox, a really comfy chair, simple living kind of guy. You never see the guy out of sweatpants and sneakers and a, and a shirt. Like he, like, I don't think I've ever really seen him dress up much. Like, unless it's an event, he has to, he seems like just like a, a chill dude still hangs around. I know the area he came from Prince George County very well from when I lived in DC and uh, it's not a nice neighborhood, man. It's not a nice place. And he still hangs around with his core people because that's the only people he trusts, man. And you got to respect someone that loves his mom and talks about his mom as well as he does. You got to just respect that, you know? And so KD sat down with Draymond. And so there was coming up into the last year that. KD was in in the uh, Golden State Warriors. They were in a tough playoff game. And I forget the team they played against. Bruder, do you remember? No. But basically, they had a game, and they got kind of blown out, and Draymond called out KD on the court. And they got in an argument on the sideline of the court. And it was like on TV, but they really didn't make much of it. And then the Golden State came back and ended up winning the rest of the games. And one thing about Kevin Durant is, I don't want to use the word sensitive, but he he's, yeah, I guess lack of a better word, he is sensitive. And he was a little bit pissed that nobody had his back in that argument because Dray- Draymond's kind of a bulldog. He's kind of a tough dude. And... Then the way that Golden State kind of handled it was nobody wanted to talk about it. When all KD wanted was, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. And so Draymond got called into the office, like basically called into the principal's office and was basically told, don't bring this up. Don't talk about it. We're just going to let it rest. And Draymond was like, no, we need to talk about it. We need to, you know, KD, you know, Kev, he calls him Kev. Kev, uh, you know, we need us to to talk about it and work it out. And everybody in the front office is like, no, we're just going to ignore it. Let's, it'll pass. And that's the reason why he left Golden State. He said straight out that if Draymond would have came to him and talked to him about it and the team would have had his back and they would have all talked about it, he would have signed another three years for Golden State. And his exact words were, Steve Kerr in front office picked this up. They would have went on. Oh, it was against Toronto. 
It was after the, right before the injury, and that's who it was. They would have went on. We all know Toronto won that because basically Clay and KD were hurt. If either one of them were healthy, they would have won that series. Okay. They could have probably went on and won six straight. Because to him, he wanted to do what MJ did. He wanted a three-peat. He said straight out he was always impressed by a three-peat because it's really hard to do. It's not hard to win back-to-back NBA championships. A lot of teams have done it. I can only name three teams that have ever three-peated. I don't think San Antonio ever did. They doubled it up, but I don't think they ever went three. Houston went two. Boston, Los Angeles, under Kobe, and the Bulls are the only teams to ever three-peat. And think about that. In the history of the NBA, only three teams have ever three-peated. Yeah, and then, you know, credit to uh, Kevin Durant because uh, when he went to go play with the Olympics recently, uh, Steve Kerr was amongst the coaching staff, and I'm pretty sure he probably had some mixed feelings about Steve Kerr. But, hey, you know what? Shout out to those guys who won the gold medal, you know, that everybody doubted. And everybody was talking shit about them, and they went on and did did the work. Yeah, and then – um, you know, because we would always talk about it in pre-production uh, when we wait on a particular someone. But, you know, I'm glad that they lost to Nigeria because that was a, a wake-up call for them to be like, yeah. you know, we need to get our we need to get our stuff together. And shout-out to Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, uh, Zach Levine, Jason Tatum, Devin Booker, Chris Milton, Drew Holiday, JaVale McGee, Keldon Johnson, and J- uh, Jeremy Grant. You know, oh, and Dame Lillard, shout Dame. out to Dame too. You know, for giving us that gold medal. And the funny thing about that though was they lost to Nigeria, and then they lost the very first game to France, close game. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying, "Wow, this might be tough." France looked good, and then Jack reminded me that two of their best players were still not even there yet. Team USA's players weren't even there yet. They were still in the playoffs. Yeah, they were still in the finals. Literally, I would say <laughs> after it was Booker, Middleton, and Holiday, literally after 72 hours of game six, they had to go fly to Japan. Right. And they and you could see like that first game, they were there, like they were tired. But boy, oh my God, when those guys started clicking. And it's still that championship game against France ended up being a really good game. Mm-hmm. And uh, it gave me massive respect for Rudy Gobert. I will say that. Like, I didn't realize how good Rudy was until he played in that Olympics game, Olympics against KD and them. He's a good player. Good player. But I think that wraps it up for this week. I think mm-hmm. that um, what I would like to do is give a shout out to anybody on the gram. Um, any, anybody has any suggestions what they want to hear us talk about? I would love to get start getting some feedback just so we can kind of know what, what you like, what you don't like. Please put some comments on the gram. Um, our Instagram is Game it's Chat. At game Chat Pod. At Game Chat Pod. Um, love to hear from you. Any feedback, good, bad, and different. If we talk too much, don't talk about what you want to hear. Um, looking forward to hearing from you. Anything else, Bruner? No, that's it. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you guys in the next one.